Hey, MASH fans, it's time for another episode of the MASH 4077th Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me as always, my good pal, Simon. Hi, gentlemen. Today we're discussing Season 9, Episode 20, The Life You Save. It's the 218th episode overall, directed by Alan Alda, written by John Rappaport and Alan Alda, originally aired on May 4th, 1981, and the production code is Z418. Bring on. Cardiac arrest. Adrenaline. Prepare. Did you get a pulse marker? No, nothing. Damn it. More adrenaline. I'm going to die from a damn shoulder wound. Get those patients under cover! Margaret, get that kid out of sight. Charles, let's get him out under the bus. Right. What? Wait, grab the other man. Let's get him behind these boxes. Get him inside. Clear, get to the generator and kill those lights. Yes, sir. Get him behind the ambulance. Get down! Okay, go, go, go. Come on. Come on! Anything? And the plot summary for this episode. Well, after a sniper attack on the 4077th, Winchester sees two bullet holes in his cap and goes through a journey searching for the meaning in his life and goes on a search for anything about what happens to a man who comes back from death. Meanwhile, Potter switches up the officer duty rosters. Hawkeye is on kitchen duty and finds himself in a situation where the mess is missing 50 trays. BJ is in charge of laundry and Father Mulcahy is garbage officer. And each has their trials with their new found duties. Okay, gents, open your ears while you button your britches. Time to rotate your additional duty assignments. I just about had my assignment shot off. Do we have to go through this now? Yes, and this time I want you to do these jobs. Honeycutt, you're our new laundry officer. I just didn't wash my hands of the whole thing. Count your blessings. I made Mulcahy the new garbage officer. Some men are born to garbage, and others have garbage thrust upon them. Winchester, you got the motor pool. Keep those engines humming. Why, don't they know the words? <laughs> Major Houlihan's the new morale officer. And Pierce? <laughs> this ought to be good. You're the new mess tent, honcho. <laughs> Fine, I'll add a secret ingredient to every meal. Flavor. I can hardly wait. Winchester, you joining us, or are you going to send out for a patient? I'm coming. And for our guest stars, we start off with Andrew Parks, who plays the dying soldier. He was born in Los Angeles, California, to actors Larry Parks and Betty Garrett. Andrew Parks made his film debut at the age of 11, but did not continue his acting career for another eight years, beginning with The Strawberry Statement in 1970. And Val Bizoglio, I think that's how you say his name, or Bizoglio, it's, a, it's an interesting name, but uh, he plays the cook. Now, he was born in New York City, and he was best known for his recurring role as restaurateur Danny Tovo in the popular series... Quincy Emmy. <laughs> um, he also appeared in numerous TV series during the 1960s and 1970s, including McLeod, All in the Family, Barney Miller, The Mary Tyler Moore Show, Rollout, Kojak, Beretta, Macmillan and Wife, and the brilliant Rockford Files. In 2002, he appeared as Murph Lupo in The Brilliant Sopranos. 
We also have G.W. Bailey, who returns as Sergeant Luther Rizzo. And Jim Norb as Private Markham. Jim also appeared in one episode of Aftermash. We have Arthur Taxier, who played the surgeon. Uh, he's an American actor, best known for his role as Lieutenant Carl Zamek in the TV series Midnight Caller. He also played the recurring role of Dr. Morton Chelgley in the TV series St. Elsewhere between 1983 and 1988. And Jim Book plays Sergeant Shivarini. Now, Jim was born on September the 11th, 1938 in Akron, Ohio. In the course of America, as James Fledrick Burke, he was an actor known for Star Trek The Undiscovered Country, A Man Apart, and Heaven Can Wait. He was married to Peggy Nettleship. don't know who she is. Uh, he died on September the 26th, 2014 in Fountain Valley, California. We have Jack Kearney, who played Soldier. Only two credits for Jack, this being his last. And Paul Ventura plays the Soldier, and this was Paul's first commercial acting role. We also have Wayne Morton, who played the Enlisted Man. 19 credits for Wayne. He's been married to Susan Morton since 1980. I presume she's a famous actress or something. Sure. Susan Morton. <laughs> either, either that or she's just more important than him. <laughs> <laughs> Meshach Taylor plays Yordley. Now, he was Emmy-nominated for his role as Anthony Bouvier on the CBS sitcom Designing Women. He's also known for his portrayal of Hollywood Montrose, a flamboyant window dresser in Mannequin. I love that. Uh, yeah, it's a good film. <laughs> um, he played Sheldon Baylor on the CBS sitcom Dave's World, and he appeared as Tony on the short-lived NBC sitcom Buffalo Bill opposite Dabney Coleman and appeared as the recurring character Alistair Wright, the social studies teacher and later school principal on Nickelodeon sitcom Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. There's a lot of people in this uh, program, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> lots, lots and lots. Uh, we have Sherry Sabab, who returns as Lieutenant Sherry RN. And Gwen Farrell returns as Nurse Gwen. And, of course, we have Kelly Nakahara rounding out our cast with uh, Kelly Yamato. Do you recall what you felt... Did you see anything? I don't know. I'm still, I'm still kind of tired, I guess. What was it like? Uh, dreaming? Did you hear voices? Just the doctors when I woke up. No, no, no. I mean, while you were gone. Sir, I really don't understand what you want. When I was very young, my little brother passed away. I couldn't uh, fully comprehend it at the time, but for months after the accident, I was unable to pass his room without this Nameless fear. I, I would get a um, tingling sensation in my chest and my arms. And then yesterday, when I found out that I had indeed come very close to death myself, that sensation returned. But you were there. You were there. If only for a moment, and I must know what you felt. I want to help you. I, 
I'm just tired. I think I want to get some sleep now. All right, let's go ahead and discuss this episode. I will start us off. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have many notes, and it's not because it was a bad episode. It just yeah. was an episode. It just it kind of flowed. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it. I gave it a yeah. seven and a half. Okay. I thought it was odd that is this the first time that anyone's doing duties, the opposite mm. duties. You know, uh, I know we always know they have like what's what's the duty that doctors are always complaining about doing. Um, um. Uh, there's there's one duty. Uh, it's an MP. No, they're not MPs. There's one duty that they always are opposite, like doctor on duty or something. That's yeah. the only duty that I know of. I mean, I've heard of morale officers before. You know, we obviously mm. I didn't know there was a trash officer and a and payroll officer. Like payroll. Yeah, yeah, that's another one that they've done. So I just it just it seemed odd to me um, that they had never you know done any of this before. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it's fine. I guess maybe the officers, you know, the 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 lower men, the you know, I don't know what they're called, um, enlisted men. Maybe they're the yeah. ones that do all these duties to begin with. But I don't know. Uh, it just seemed odd to me, but it was funny. I mean, it definitely has lots of humor. It was perfect for you know the episode. It definitely brought lots of humor. I loved um, the trash. What do they just pile up a giant pile of trash? Yeah, I know. That's right by the officers' club. <laughs> I know. I'm like, it just seems so odd to me that they're just they're just gonna and it look like mostly lettuce. Yeah, that lettuce was, or cabbage, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like, just I'll... to make sure you know that they're in Korea for like their <laughs> marinated cabbage. Yeah, I thought that was fine. I really, I mean, I thought the gag at the end with the trays that was good. Yeah, was Margaret, Margaret, you know, and again, Margaret was taking over for the next month. She was going to be the kitchen person, and mm. so I found that cool. But we'd never hear this before, you know, or after no. them doing no. these duties. So they must do them. And I, for some reason, they never, you know, BJ doing the the, the laundry and and uh, Hawkeye, you know, being the, which I, that definitely was some funny stuff with Hawkeye talking to the, the cook about French toast. Yeah. It's the greatest French toast you ever tasted. Whatever you say, Captain. Now, naturally, you'll have to multiply the ingredients. I only know how to make enough for me and Dad. Gotcha. Okay, you start with two eggs, and you fold in a cup and a half of milk. Mm Mm-hmm. Then you add just a touch of vanilla. You want vanilla? Yeah. For that, I need a two-day pass. You haven't got any vanilla? Sorry, I used it up last night in the Crip Suzette. All right, okay, we don't need any vanilla. It'll be great without it. Now, don't use an egg beater. Use a whisk. Blend it until there's just a delicate layer of froth floating on the top. Right, floating froth. Yeah. Okay, now when you got that, you soak each slice of bread until the batter seeps into every pore. Oh, this is so great. This isn't toast, it's pastry. Sure thing. Okay, now you know it's been soaking long enough if you pinch it lightly with your fingers and it doesn't bounce back. Pinch it with your fingers. You know, and then the cook does it, but he does it in his way. He's and, right. <laughs> you know, it's powdered milk and powdered eggs, and you know I love. He says, "You know, do you want to pinch him or do you, or should I, uh, for the French <laughs> toast to get him just right?" Um, so I mean, yeah, he definitely had good intentions. Hawkeye did for the kitchen, but you got to work with what you got. Like the guy said, Absolutely. it would take a whole month's worth of eggs to make what he wanted. Yeah. So yeah, I really I have very little notes other than it was entertaining. Uh, you know, some quips here and there were good. And it was just kind of one of those episodes that I just watched 
And then I looked down at my pad of paper, and I'm like, wow, I didn't, mm. I didn't take anything. How about you? Did you get anything off this one? Um, well, funny enough, when I was younger, I hated this episode of A Passion. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. If, uh, if, um, if we were doing this podcast back when I was 11, yeah. uh, I, I would have given it like one or two <laughs> out of ten. That's because it's a child doing it. Um, because I hated the way Charles was kind of like, uh, see, I remember as Charles being a lot more annoying about trying to find out about what happens when you die. I totally forgot that entire storyline. You're right. That, yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> totally. That totally. I didn't talk about that at all. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> um, and that's the major storyline in this yes, as well, really, to a certain degree. And it, But now when I watch it, and I, I must admit I have not been looking forward to it because I think I, I have seen it since then, but I always kind of tend to just like look at read a book at the same time or something. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it this time. I think it's because I'm older and I'm looking at, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting on in years and I suppose you kind of reflect back on your life and you reflect back on things a little bit different than you would do when you're 10 years old. I do like the whole thing of Charles you know, realising that there is a bullet hole, you know, it's gone through the, mm-hmm. the two bits of his cap. Um, and it was, he wasn't as annoying as I remember. I seem to remember people getting really pissed off with him asking questions and everything. Yeah, it didn't seem that that bad, actually. He seemed actually more sincere about it, especially with the patient that he he saved um, uh, with BJ. Um the the second storyline with the, the the jobs is a, is a nice little foil to it all. I, I especially do like BJ's laundry mm-hmm. um, kind of stuff going on where he gets frustrated, and I like the fact that they all do. But the, again, and I have to go back to Charles. <clears throat> it's Charles and Rizzo uh, when he gets him his orders of taking things out and putting them in the right place on the on the rug kind of thing, mm. you know. In, yeah. in the, I really like that as well. And then it comes, of course, it pays him back when he's desperately trying to find a jeep uh, for later on. Nice little yeah. ending as well. And everything like that, and I like the fact that it kind of ends with uh, Winchester putting his cap on the side and walking away from it, and realizing at the end of the day this is war. Yeah, uh, maybe it's something that makes him a little bit more humbler in life. Um, I, I ended up giving it an eight out of ten um, wow. at the end, so it's a, a big improvement from when I was two. Yeah, I guess it definitely. Sorry, when I was ten, not two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, I. Forgot, totally forgot about that storyline. Yeah. I mean, I found him, I did find him a little annoying. Yeah. Some of the scenes. I just felt he was pushing too much. You know, yeah. this poor man's dying and he's asking him what he's seeing, what he's seeing this, you know, especially the end where the guy's actually literally dying in front of him. All right. I can't feel anything in my legs. I'm trying to hang on. We're going to get you to a mash unit and they'll patch you up just fine. I don't know whether I can, Doc. I feel real weird. Just stay with it. Doc? Hmm? He's still there? I'm here. I, I can't see you. Hold my hand. I am holding it. I can't feel it. Oh, God, I'm going to die. Can you hear me? Yes. What is happening to you? Can you feel anything? Do you see anything? 
Please, I have to know. What is happening to you? I smell bread. I don't understand. But I think I think that though. I mean, I think that's what annoyed me when I was younger. But now I can appreciate somebody's acting ability as opposed to just being watching it for a television program. Yeah. And when you watch uh, David Ogden Styers performing in that scene, there's so much emotion. There's so much, you know, power yes. coming from him, and he's tearing up. And you know, he, he and you and you still don't quite know really what he wants to know. Is he is he questioning a faith that he doesn't have? Is he questioning the fact of is there life after death? Does somebody come along? You know, is is all that going on? Mm-hmm. And he does get a little bit of thing. I think as well as I I smell bread, which is a lovely yes. little touch. That is as yes. opposed to saying, oh, I can see my mom. Would you go, oh well, that that old chestnut? But the fact that he turns around and says, you know, I can I can smell bread. And it's kind of like, well, there's no way you're going to be smelling bread where he is at that precise moment in time. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he definitely smells it. And it's maybe he was a baker at home or he's one of his favourite childhood memories was his mum or his dad That's baking bread. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I thought that was just lovely. And you can see the reaction on uh, Ogden Steyer's face when, when he hears that. It's like, what? What? And because he then realises that actually that it's a personal thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, why he leaves it at the end. He kind of think. You know, this is not to do with me. This is to do with this person passing yeah. away, and I think that's the reason why. You know, I, I, I mean, it's not one of my favourite episodes. Don't get me wrong, but I really do appreciate, it and I still give it a high score for for purely for the acting out of it. Yeah, no, I could definitely back you on the acting. He was amazing. Mm. The, the, I just, I just, I'm not sure I liked the pushiness of it. I understand yeah. it. You know, wanting to know, especially being that close to death himself. And I think you're right. I think he just at the end he finally realised it's an individual thing. Yeah. You know, he'll find out. He's going to find out about it soon enough. Mm. But yeah, I just, I just, like you said, it was a good episode. I gave it a seven and a half and I did enjoy it. Hmm. It's just nothing really stood out as, you know, yeah. mind yeah. blowing. Like with you. Can I see you outside for a moment, Doctor? Yes, of course. Thank you. Yes? Are you all right? Perfectly. Nothing's bothering you? Absolutely nothing. Then what the hell is the matter with you? Every time I go into post-op, you're hovering over Markham like a ghoul. That's some graveside manner you've You got. recall I'm partly responsible for his being alive right now. Then let's let him rest in peace. Let me ask you a question, Dr. Schweitzer. Can you honestly stand there and tell me that you've never wondered what it was like? What what was like? What that boy went through right there. He was dead. Uh-huh. Haven't you the slightest bit of curiosity about what lies beyond? No, I figure I'll find out soon enough. Well, you may need to cloak yourself in denial, but I am not afraid to face up to the harshest reality of all. Let me give you another harsh reality, Doctor. Markham is my patient. You stay the hell away from him. What is the matter with you? With me? Why are you yelling at that poor man? Can't you see he's trouble? When I get finished taking care of my patients, I'll start worrying about the doctor. I'm sitting in there reading a manual on how to boost morale, and you're out here tearing it down. So what do you want me to do? I don't know. A little sensitivity, a little compassion might help. He's obviously very troubled, and screaming at him isn't going to boost his spirits. Fine. You're the morale officer. You give him a boost. Right now, I've got 200 pounds of underwear to fluff and fold. Well, um, IMDB gave it a rating of 8. So the yeah. same, 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 same with you. Me. Good job. Yeah, yeah I guess yeah. people really, I mean, it was good. It's definitely some powerful acting. And it's an interesting topic. So I can see yeah. why people enjoyed it. 
Oh, Charles, I'm so glad I ran into you. Margaret? Maybe you could help me with something. I've been talking to a lot of people. I'm a morale officer, you know. And I've been trying to get ideas about what we could do to sort of cheer people up around here. Well, Major, I don't uh, concern myself with other people's problems. Well, then, no. What about yours? Ken, <laughs> whoa, thank you. Except, of course, trying to find somewhere to be alone. Major, I know how difficult it is to be cheerful here, seeing so many people wounded and so much death. But we could have it a lot worse. I mean, think about the medics at Battalion Aid. Why, they face more death in one day than we do in a week. Major, are you listening to me? It's perfectly natural to be overwhelmed by what we're doing here. But you can't let it get to you. You've got to be strong. You're not paying any attention to me. I come in here to try to help you pull yourself together, and you sit there sticking your finger in your hat. You're not troubled. You're not depressed. You're weird. And I wish you wouldn't come to me with your bizarre problems. That's our little morale officer. Boost, boost, boost. All right, let's go ahead and move on to some behind the scenes. I have the first one here. The original broadcast of this episode was delayed by several weeks. As you know, it featured a subplot about Major Winchester becoming obsessed with death after almost being shot. It was scheduled to air on the same day that U.S. President Ronald Reagan was wounded in an assassination attempt. The network felt the audience was not in the mood to see an episode at that time. Yeah, probably a wise choice. I, I probably, think, really. yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the first time we find out Charles had another sibling other than his sister, but his brother is never mentioned again in the series. Yeah, I was wondering if he died young. I mean, it sounds like it from the yeah, way does, Charles yeah. talks about it. It sounds like he died fairly young. But yeah, it's never mentioned again. So No. The title comes from safety posters, The Life You Save Could Be Your Own. Oh, well, okay. That probably doesn't mean to anything to anybody outside of uh, <laughs> America there, I think. Yeah. Um, there's a continuity error here. Oh, hold on a minute. Um, <laughs> as Charles realises that a sniper's bullet narrowly missed him in the head, he, hits, he sits down in the scrub room and tilts his head back against the wall as he realises how close he came to death. As Colonel Potter enters in the next cut, Charles has his head leaning forward with his chin almost touching his chest. Oh, I did not notice that. Yeah, I mean, technically, he could have just dropped his head in that moment. Yeah, but, could have done, but, I mean, it's a cut. If it was a few more seconds, it would have made more sense. But anyways. Yeah. When Hawkeye and Pernelli are discussing breakfast, Klinger appears to call Pernelli Cookie. Cookie is a slang term for a Navy cook. Army cooks are usually referred to as mess cooks or mess sergeants. Oh, right. Okay, that's an interesting yeah. thing. This is the first of three appearances by Val Bizagoli, or Bizagli, we've already had that one, uh, <laughs> as SSG Pernelli, the mess sergeant. There we go. Sir, we've got a problem. I got a problem myself. If I don't keep my calluses leveled off, I tend to tip over backwards. Colonel. Entry rules. Sir, I really must protest. I'm up to my hips in garbage. There's just no room for any more. Well, Padre, you gotta ditch it someplace, preferably downwind. I can't. Winchester has all the transportation lying around in little pieces on bed linen. That's what I want to talk to you about. Colonel, the motor pole has been taken completely apart, and Klinger has to get to the 806 Third, right away. Why? Because it's it's a long story, but whatever idiot was in charge of the mess tent before I was stuck me with 75 missing trays. I'm the idiot who stuck you with those trays, and it was 50. Colonel, Colonel, this laundry job is driving me nuts. I'm glad you brought that up. 
These don't exactly look like the fruit of the looms I sent in two days ago. Maybe you can find the passion flower these belong to. No kidding. Will you look at this? The motor pool keeps sending me greasy sheets. They clog up the drain. I can't get them clean. My hands are turning into two little raisins. Winchester's brain is not operating on all cylinders. All right, trivia time. Last episode's question, what was Hawkeye's boot size? And we, because we would record these early, I have, obviously we haven't released the episode with that question, but I'll be really interested to see if anybody gets this answer. Uh, the answer <laughs> is 10 and a half C. Okay. So he must That's mention it at one time or another. Yeah. All right, for this episode's trivia question, in the episode titled Dreams, each character had rather bizarre dreams. In Margaret's dream, what was she wearing? Go ahead That's and email easy. your answers. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and email your answers to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. I want a few words with you. Oh, I hope two of them are garbage truck. No, but three of them are how dare you. You're a man of the cloth, an inspiration to everyone here. And last but not least, a chiseler. How could you stick a guy for 50 trays? Just grab a pole and help push back this garbage. You see? We'll be buried alive here. God is punishing you. He's raining garbage on your head. I don't know what you're grousing about. Those 50 trays never existed. Yeah, well, now 75 trays don't exist. Look, I was just as upset as you were when I took over the mess tent. Here's how it was explained to me. The army doesn't do things the way real human beings do them. Now then, you're minus 75 trays. But they're not good for anything except putting under army food. So some mess tent somewhere is plus 75 trays. When this war is over, A few generals will get together and add up all the pluses and all the minuses, and it'll all come out even. Besides which, long before that happens, you'll already have stuck somebody else for them. You can find MASH 4077 podcasts all over social media. We have a Twitter account. You can find the podcast at MASH 4077 podcast. You can find me, Kenny, at Geeky Fanboy. You can find Meds at Hawkeye Meds. We also have a Facebook fan group. You can join up by searching facebook.com slash mash4077podcast. Or just type in mash4077podcast in the search and our page will come up. If you have any questions or comments or you want to answer some of our trivia questions, you can send those emails to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. You can listen to mash4077podcast all over the interwebs. You can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and now we're on Spotify. And if you want to see show notes or do a direct download or listen to the podcast online, you can go to our main website at mash4077podcast.com. All right, so I think that's going to do it for this episode. Overall, it was a it was a good episode. Obviously, the audiences liked it better than I did. Uh, and then mm. you also gave it a high rating of an 8. So yeah. it, matched, it matched the IMDb rating. So maybe I have to go back and check it out again. Just to... Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, on that note, I am Kenny. And I'm Simon. And we'll be seeing you. I've uh, got the bleeding stopped for now. You want to get him? Uh, get him on the ambulance, please. Sure glad you showed up. We're making it in half the time. Italian aid. I still don't really know why you're here. 
Yes, sir. Actually, it's not all that clear to me either. Uh, are there any more? Yes, sir. Hold That's on. That's all, except for this boy. Major Winchester, huh? it's for you. Yeah? Winchester, what the hell are you doing up there? Taking care of wounded. Do you realize we're about to get a whole bunch of wounded in here? Of course I do. This is where they come from. Do you also realize you could get yourself killed up there? <laughs> Actually, no, that, that hadn't occurred to me. That, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Winchester, you get back here right now. Major, I've got trouble here. I'm losing him. Too much internal damage. Winchester, now! Mash fans. Now, as some of you know, myself and Kenny have our own individual podcasts, and my podcast is called Waffle On Podcast. And we waffle on about classic films and television programs from around the world. So, if that's your cup of tea or martini, then why don't you follow us over on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or, of course, from Podbean. You can find us at waffleon.podbean.com, and we would be honoured if you would join us. Check out the latest podcast to hit this quadrant, The Geek Roundtable. Join hosts as they sit down with fellow geeks to talk, well, geek. Star Wars, Star Trek, cosplay, fantasy, anime, Firefly, even My Little Pony. If it's geeky, we'll discuss it. King Arthur had his roundtable for his nights. And now it's time for us geeks to have ours. Come join in the fun and geek out with The Geek Roundtable. Find us on iTunes by searching The Geek Roundtable. Or visit our website, thegeekroundtable.com. MASH 4077 Podcast is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved. Hmm. And uh, Jim Brooke plays Chardant... <laughs> Say that one again. <laughs> <laughs> In Akron, Ahoy, Aho. Oh, I can never say that. Oh, oh hi, that? oh. Oh, hi. Is that I-ho-o? I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-